Hi, and welcome to the Palliators Podcast. I'm your host, Hospice and Palliative Medicine Fellow, Dr. Tara Kateen. This podcast is for healthcare professionals who want to become more comfortable and confident in caring for chronically ill and terminally ill patients. With the help of the fellows who work alongside me in Columbia, South Carolina, we hope to educate and promote palliative care one podcast at a time. We're so glad to have you here. Hi, and welcome back to the Palliators Podcast. I am really so glad you're here. Today, I want to talk about hope. I often hear people say, we don't want to take away someone's hope. You know, I can really relate to that. It goes hand in hand with trying to tell someone something that you know will upset them. And no one wants to do that. Not in any part of life. We feel like telling them the truth takes away their hope. Here's what the truth really does. And I'm assuming it's being done in a kind way. It opens up hope to be based in reality. Really. Truly. Honest and cross my heart. Let's use a non-medical example. Let's say a teenager wants to go on spring break with his friends from school and hopes his parents will pay for him to go. Only they tell him they will not pay for him to go. Where does his hope go? Is it gone? No, it changes. Well, at least he knows, which is really a hope, that they will let him go if he pays for himself. Is hope shattered if they won't give him permission to go at all? No, it changes again. Okay, so if he can't go away with his friends, maybe a friend or two can come with him where he's going with his parents. Okay, well, what if his friends can't come? Is all hope gone? No. Maybe there will be a new activity that is fun to do that he can participate in and post on his Instagram and it'll get lots of likes. There are ways this can go that can still bring or provide a good ending. Now let's get a medical example. You have a patient who has just gotten bad news. Let's say it's really awful. Does that mean there's no hope? First, I want you to hear this. There is always hope. Even if the news is you'll never walk again or your heart disease will not let you live to an old age or your child has heart disease that is not consistent with living to an old age or you have cancer that's incurable. Ugh. Just saying those things makes me sad. But it does not mean that there is no hope. Hope can show up in a variety of ways. It changes based on what someone knows. Of course, there may be disappointment, sadness, grief, or depression, or all of those things, over what is not going to be. There could even be fear about what lies ahead. Still, the story is not over. 
How can we help people with their hope? Can we let them not lose hope and guide them in their reality? Sometimes our patients' families want us to withhold truth to avoid losing hope. Let me share with you how I handle these issues or situations, starting with loved ones who suggest that the patient will just give up or will lose all hope. You know, I'll ask them to tell me more about their worry or concerns. What does it mean to give up? What do they mean to lose all hope? What do they think will happen? What do they think the patient will do? I find that often they're the ones that may need a little TLC. Several times I've found that the patients may even already have an idea of the severity of the situation and they're trying to protect their loved ones by withholding information from them. It's a sweet and uncomfortable dynamic to be in the middle of. In any event, Delving into the family or loved one's concerns can help them get through this situation with the patient. Exploring what they are afraid of is a good step in helping them to move forward. Using the law and regulations as the reason you must give information to the patient is really not an initial step that puts you in good standing with the very people who are most important to the patient. These folks are hurting too and are trying not to feel helpless. They're trying to protect the patient and in their minds that is helping their loved one. Tending to their fears and concerns help them to give real help to the patient. And don't forget to validate how they are feeling. They're probably scared or angry or sad or frustrated. Acknowledge that. And validate it. I kind of will try to strike a bargain, if you will. It is something that I would intend to do anyway. So I tell the family that I'll ask the patient how much information he wants, if any. I say something like, I'll tell you what, I'll ask him how much information, if any, he would like me to share with him. And I'll ask him if he would rather someone else make his decisions for him. And I'll do what he wants. And I will. I will ask if he would prefer I give all information to a designated person. And a side note here. He needs to have an advanced directive to have a documented surrogate decision maker. If you want someone else to receive information and leave him in the dark... Make sure you get an advanced directive naming that person as his health care agent. When I tell them that I'll ask the patient what he wants, it's hard to argue with that. Yet, don't forget, I have also asked about and validated their needs too. Not doing that or immediately suggesting it is the patient's legal right and you are obligated by law creates an adversarial relationship with the people you are trying to help. Yes, you are obligated to tell the patient about his health, but that is only if he wants to hear it. If he doesn't, he needs to tell you whom he wants you to tell. Remember that when you're giving serious news, 
find out what they already know first, prepare them with a warning shot with something like, I have some important information to share with you. It may be difficult to hear. And then ask them if they're ready to receive it all before delivering the news. Did that make sense? I hope so. So let's get back to hope. How to help hope evolve based on the truth of a situation. In the early stages of learning about how someone's life will change, it's tough to move past the grief of the loss of what you thought life would be like. As with many things in life, there will be gains in the right direction and there will be missteps, and that's normal. People will call upon their sources of strength. They may look at their spiritual life, religion, and family as sources. Asking about where they find strength will be how they find their way. Finding meaning or productivity or joy in spite of their situation helps them to find new hope. If someone loses a leg, his life is changed forever. It will never again be the way he had planned. Does that mean he has no hope? He can hope for the ability to walk again with a prosthesis. Not only hope to walk, but to run and to dance. That is hope. If someone gets a diagnosis of a chronically progressive disabling disease, does that mean there is no hope for a meaningful life? No. It means that they need to progressively make adjustments to their lives and learn new ways to accomplish what they want to do. They can hope to be able to make those adjustments as needed. Some things they will be able to do. Others may require a tweak of expectations. Reframing how someone looks at something can also help them not to feel hopeless or helpless. For example, if you have a patient with severe debilitating end-stage heart failure who just started experiencing disabling dyspnea that cannot be easily relieved and therefore she can no longer leave the house, the family can say to the patient, you know you can't go out. You know you have a bad heart. You have to stay home while we go out. Or you can encourage the family to talk like this. We know you prefer to stay here. Why don't we get something for you while we are out? I guarantee the patient's already aware of her growing limitations. Pointing out the worsening frailty and inabilities instead of letting her live each moment the best she can could make her feel useless and hopeless. Tweaking how words are used can reframe how a patient looks at her or his situation. I also encourage patients to allow others in their circle to help them. I ask them to think of it as a gift to their loved ones so that their loved ones can feel helpful too. Knowing what people care about, what gives them strength, and where they draw the lines in the sand about what health care interventions they're willing to put up with helps them find hope 
to be able to get what they want out of their lives. Hope changes throughout our lives depending on our situations. No one says, don't go to school and learn the realities of life because it will remove all hope. We grow up and learn about life and make adjustments based on what we learn. The same holds true for our health. We become frightened and we dance around the truth. Or we become hard-nosed and jump right in with the truth in spite of what others want to know and how they want to know it. I have a friend who explained to me once that when he was a young man, he thought he would, he would, if he ever got to the point where he couldn't run a mile within a certain short period of time, he would just rather die. As he grew older, he thought to himself, if I ever get to the point where I can't jog a mile, I'd rather die. Then it became, at least I can still walk a mile. It has evolved to all he really wants is to be able to sit on his porch in a rocking chair and watch his grandchildren play. What if someone had told him when he was young, one day, you will not only not be running a mile, you are going to be content with sitting in a rocking chair on the porch. What is meaningful evolves. Hope evolves. Most people care more about how well they live rather than how long they live when they get a poor prognosis. We need to help them know themselves and reframe how they see themselves. Keeping hope for what they realistically can do, can see, can have, and still be who they are. Eventually, they could be happy hoping to have symptoms managed and surrounded by those who love them. And that's how I see hope. And that brings me to our reflection for this episode. It's by Pope Francis. Love is the engine that powers our hope. Well, that's it for today. And I thank you for joining me. I can't wait to hear from you, see you, talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, and don't forget to check out our website, thepalliators.com. You can submit messages to us there if you have any suggestions about podcast topics you'd like to hear in the future. Once again, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.